in this house. Hey, Maniacs. Hey, Maniacs. How you doing, Midsummer Maniacs? This is Midsummer Maniacs, a comedy recap podcast dedicated to the ITV series Midsummer Murders. Each week we dig into an episode of the show, including the murders, the mayhem, the loonies, and everything else we love. What's your name? My name is Mark Bell. I'm Sarah Smith-Robbins, and this is a spoiler podcast if you've not watched season 19 episode one the village that rose from the dead go watch it before you listen because we're gonna ruin it for you yep absolutely we're gonna talk about the killer almost right away mommy (laughs) (laughs) wow i got a lot to say about that yeah (laughs) uh if you let your kids run around uh, deserted villages and tanks then uh, they can handle this podcast. podcast is okay for them welcome to 2022 yes the year of the future yes season 19 episode one and we've had some changes yep 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 so the first change is almost made me cry even though i knew everything about it and have seen the episode i don't know how many times before sykes that little sykes the grave oh Sykes. I did cry. I even, I know he's not, the dog is not dead. The dog's not dead. (laughs) And yet, when Sarah says, I just told Betty that his body was old and it stopped working, I was like, oh. Well, then I'm like, I guess we're going to play with a dog toy now. There's the worst toy for Betty to play with after telling her Sykes got old and died. She seems okay with it. It's Betty. She's a psychopath. I was was upset with it. And the other big change is that Nelson is gone. And winter is coming. Yes. I'm going to use that picture for the the, uh, reminder for this week's episode. Winter is coming. I did a little Photoshop magic with, uh, with winter. So we hear that Nelson is off on an undercover course. And Barnaby has been stuck with a couple of temporary sergeants that he's not been happy with. But then by the end of the episode, we know that uh, Nelson's not coming back. He's staying undercover. Yes. So Winter is the new sergeant. It makes it it makes incredible sense that they would have undercover courses. Yeah. Because, you know, it's always the the conceit of a detective show where there's undercover work that it's you go undercover and you're like a fish out of water. Mm. Now, if you watch something like Donnie Briscoe, you realize the work that it takes to go undercover and the character in in that show that is undercover, the, you see some of the training he goes through. Well, and I think it depends on what kind of undercover work it is, right? Yeah. Like when Jones goes undercover for the Oblong Society, that's different than I'm going to be embedded in this community for a year yeah. And like, I have to, you know, be, become part of a community and gain their trust and everything. You know, that's totally different, right? Yeah. So what kind of undercover work is Nelson going to do? I mean, he's not going to go to the big smoke and become a, a drug dealer or something. No. He's, he's not going to get a gold tooth and a big gold chain and he, be a diamond geezer. He plays guitar in a queen cover band. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking he could pretend to be... A school teacher. I think he could pass as a school teacher. Totally. Maybe a fitness instructor. He can run. We know he's fit. I'm not sure about the tennis, though. Not tennis. He's yeah. not going to be a personal tennis coach. But he can run. But it's not... I mean, what's he... Is he going to shave his stubble off to become somebody new? I don't know. <laughs> I guess. But good for him. Moving on. This episode broadcast the 18th of December 2016. That's like... Yesterday, April, May 2016 is when it was recorded. Uh, 5.68 million viewers directed by Nick Laughlin and written by Rachel Cooperman and Sally Griffiths. It's another Cooperman Griffiths production. Set in Great Auburn. Great, not lower. Or little. Little Auburn. There's Great Auburn and, and little, little Auburn. Little Auburn. And Little Auburn is the town or the village that was requisitioned by the military during World War II that is now being given back 
to the family who owns it, the Cravens. Yes. Roderick Craven is a name that should be in a Edgar Allan Poe story. <laughs> well, and he kind of looks the part, too. Yeah. He's got such a heavy brow. Angus Wright is his name, the actor who plays Roderick Craven. And he looks a bit Franken-y, I guess. <laughs> he does. But he does one thing that I almost wanted to stand up and clap in this episode, and he does it. It's after the first death, and we'll get to that. We'll get to all that. But he says, this is not the right time for us to be talking about that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, finally, someone in this show says, somebody just died. Maybe we shouldn't be talking about petty crap right now. He he is the the one of the most sense at that point in time. <laughs> so uh, let's just set this up a little bit. So the whole plot here is about a village called Little Auburn that was requisitioned. Yes. Commandeered by the military during World War II to use as a training ground. And that did really happen. And we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. But the idea is now that 70 years later... The military is giving it back, finally giving it back to the Craven family who are the landed aristocracy of the area of Auburn, right? And so there are a few groups who are vying with proposals for what should be done with the village now that it's going to be returned. What should it be turned into? Yes. And once again, we have a village where nearly everybody is tied up in one topic and that's what the plot is around. This is also another one of the great midsummers where the moral of the story is somebody old realizes that they made a mistake and have been living that mistake and it's affected other people. This is another episode where Barney goes, it's not your fault. And I went, yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally your fault. <laughs> Uh, like the other person has agency, but well, yeah, you are still kind of to blame. You're not f- blameless, but yes. you're not to blame for the murders. No, he went Looney McToonie. Yeah. So. Yeah, he being Julian, the killer. And so we have the Craven family, and that family is led by Roderick. He's the older brother. Yep. And his other brother, Milo, mm-hmm. is married to a woman named Andrea. And I'm never really sure what they do. They run an architectural salvage place. Yeah, plus clean houses. She does work on the side because they don't make a lot of money doing that. And secretly raise snakes. Yes. Okay. (laughs) So that's all their jobs. So Roderick has a daughter named Karina. Yes. Right? Milo and Andrea have three kids. Yes. Finn who's the first victim. And we think that Finn is from Andrea's first marriage. Or before they got married, she had Finn already. Yes. She was a a, a waitress in a bar, not a cocktail bar. Not a cocktail bar. You didn't meet her when she was yes. a waitress in a cocktail bar. What, what band is that? That is Human League. Human League, yeah. So Andrea had, we're going to assume that she had Finn already, because if not, Finn and Karina are cousins and should not be getting married. At At best, they're cousins. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So Andrea has Finn, and then together with Milo, they have Dottie, the traitor child. The useless traitor child. And Josh, the snake handler. Yes. (laughs) Now. The bad snake. (laughs) Yeah. Now, Andrea is Fred Messenger's daughter. Yes. Now, Fred Messenger, played by David Burke, a.k.a. Watson, and Jeremy Brett's Sherlock Holmes, if yeah. you ever watched those. Is he those. first Watson or second Watson? Second Watson. He's second Watson. He's longer Watson. Yes. Because so <laughs> the Jeremy Brett's Sherlock had one Watson in the first series mm-hmm. who was literally, and it is this guy, an idiot. Oh, it's David Burke who plays the idiot Watson? I, th- I think so. And then the second year, there was a slightly less idiot what? <laughs> it's not the actor's fault. No. It was the way no, they wrote it him. It was the way. He was and, like, uh, but she's a pretty lady. But they're both okay. women crazy. Yes. So Fred Messenger is Andrea's dad. But then we find out through the course of the episode that he is also Julian's dad, which means Julian, the killer. Yes. And Andrea are brother and sister. Yes. But Sylvia Leonard a.k.a. old curmudgeon lady with the Jamiroquai hat at the beginning of the episode, is not her mother. No. So they're half-siblings. They're half-siblings. Really, in the end, Sylvia is half a parent. That's it. Like, 
Like she has no other relation to a lot of other people. No. There are two kind of subfamilies along with this. Julian has his wife, which is Susan. Mm-hmm. So who's an so, MP? So they have no children. Right. It's implied that she has had relations with women before. So I'm assuming they have no children. And then we have Lucy and Blake. Lucy yes. the floozy. <laughs> Played Lucy, by Sally Phillips. Lucy Lucy is fantastic. Lucy is flirting with with Susan to get her way while she's sleeping with Julian, who's the killer, and drives her husband to try to kill people with a gun. No, no, no. I think she's sleeping with Susan, too. Maybe. I think it's Susan in bed with her in the hotel. You do? Yeah. I think it, I think it's Julian. I think oh. we're supposed to think it could be Susan. Yeah. But I don't think her relationship with Susan got to that point because later Susan says it's not a relationship. Oh, I do. I think I think Lucy would use her. Oh, I think she would have if it if it had suited her. I think she would have. She's clearly driving a jag and wearing heels and has a rhinestone covered phone case. So I love she's... how they go into the village. <laughs> they go into the village for the first time in 75 years and she wears heels. Yeah. yeah. And Sally, what's her name? What is it? Sally Phillips. And Sally Phillips does a fantastic oh, job. Oh, she with does this a part. great job. Well, and it's funny because so Hugh Dennis, who plays Milo, and Sally Phillips, who play Lucy in this episode, are both comedic actors. And both been on Taskmaster. Yeah. And and I can't help but think of them as who they what they did on Taskmaster yes. when we watched it, you know? If you haven't watched Taskmaster, most of the episodes are available on YouTube. Yeah. From the Taskmaster people. Yeah. And you should watch it. it They're is, great fun. It is hilarious. Greg Davies is awesome. You know, sometimes with panel shows in England, you know they don't take the points seriously. Like QI doesn't take the points seriously. Right. And this week or the quiz or whatever. Yeah. All those shows, they don't really take the points seriously. Taskmaster, they're on. Yeah, it's hardcore. They are hardcore. <laughs> it's super fun. <laughs> it it may have gotten us through the first few months of the pandemic too. Because mm-hmm. they did at home tasks and stuff that were just great. Yeah. They were really great. Absolutely. So those two I can't help but think of as funny people, but they're not funny in this episode. But they yeah. both do a great job. They're much better actors than I expected them to be. Oh they're they're as very comedians. good actors. Yeah. Hugh uh Hugh Dennis is really good on that mock the week show too. Yes. Where they do the improv stuff. And we just saw him in the new James Bond movie. That's true. He is. Yeah. yeah. He's in the James he plays a scientist yes. for about five minutes. <laughs> and then he gets James Bond. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So the three proposals for the village are an eco-village, a luxury condo establishment, and a living museum. Yes. But we have a problem that we have to deal with right off the top. Mm-hmm. Okay? It annoyed me right from the very beginning of the episode. That Julian calls Sylvia mommy? He calls her mommy. And he's like 50? He's way more than 50. <laughs> <laughs> and I love at the end he calls her mother. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ooh, ooh, your mother. Things now. have changed, man. You used to be mommy, and now you're mother. My feeling is, any man who calls his mother mommy over the age of eighteen, eighteen, really, is f- a killer. Fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> it's Norman Bates stuff. Yeah. So Julian is an attorney a solicitor, and he's Roderick's solicitor. And later he says, I have to be impartial. I can't say that I'm for one of these projects. But when Sylvia gives her little presentation in the pub, he's like, good job, mommy. Oh, yeah, he's for that one. Yeah. He's just <laughs> lying to the cops because he's the killer. Mm-hmm. So they're at, there's a 40s night at the bunny, at the Cross Keys. Mm-hmm. This is where this is all happening. It's the pub. I don't know why it has to do, like, why everything has to be on the same night, including the 40s night with their bunny hop. They're celebrating the return of the village the uh, next day. I guess day. so. I guess so. But they don't have to have a village meeting at the same time in the back room. Yeah, I don't know why they're doing their proposals in the back room yeah. during the party. That's kind of silly. Um, and I, and I, you get the sense from Midsummer that anybody who lives in a village anywhere in England has like a closet that is just wardrobes of different eras. Yeah. Like, this is my outfit for Tudor themed events. This yep. is my medieval outfit. This is my 40s outfit. This is my 20s outfit. Because, <laughs> you know, there could be a theme night anytime. Spanish night. Yeah. This is my flamenco yep. costume. 
We've had Spanish night before. They they're in a pub called Cross Keys. Do you know anything about that? No. So Cross Keys is a symbol of Saint Peter. Okay. He has the keys to heaven. Right. right? The Golden Gates. And that it's a sign of English nationalism that grew popular after the Civil War in the 17th century. Okay. So that's why they would name the new pub the Cross Keys after the old pub because it's a tradition. Yes. Yeah. And does Fred own both pubs? I think so. That's what he's trying to prove yeah, is that he still has prove. the deed to the old pub. Yeah. But the new pub where the party's happening, he owns that place. He owns that place. Okay. I wasn't sure. Poor Josh is only allowed one drink. Oh, he is a child. Josh is an interesting cat. Uh, his, the actor's name is... William Melling. Yeah. He's in three Harry Potter films, and he has no picture on IMDb. He's, But he, I think he's supposed to be younger than 18. Yeah. He wears his hat backwards, so he's got to be like, you know, 16. <laughs> that's that's the rule. I didn't know snakes could bite. <laughs> <laughs> So Finn, but he does do the thing that kids do, where he where he gets bitten by a snake, which clearly looks like a snake bite. Like, yeah, there are parts in this episode where Andrea is the stupidest human being. On the yeah, planet. it clearly looks like a snake bite, and he just covers it up, and it gets infected. Right. That that is a total teenager kid. Thing. And yeah, because I don't I don't want to admit that I've done something stupid, so I'm just gonna. Pretend it didn't happen and let it go away. Yeah. Until it goes so far that I can't and I have to collapse in the woods. Yes. You'd think he would have at least told his dad since his dad was in on it. You would think. So the night of the party, Finn takes off and goes to Little Auburn. Yes. Right? And he's pushing his bike. No, no. He rides his bike first. Right. And he says he can't ride his go home because... He's too drunk to ride his bike. Yes. But and then, then he's riding his bike. But then he's the riding his bike. Yes. But then he has to get off his bike and push it because he has to work his way through the fence. Yes. Then he gets back on his bike. Yes. Right. So he's back on his bike in a village that has been ba- abandoned for 70 years, except for the graffiti people who've obviously come in yes. and painted their tags everywhere because they're cool like that. Yes. And yet gets up enough speed that when he runs into a wire, it like knocks him off his bike and breaks his leg. Okay. So first of all, we've seen the wire and the bike or motorcycle. Motorcycle. I give you motorcycle. You're going at speed and your head goes (laughs) pop right off. (laughs) Right off. (laughs) But he's, he's got no speed at all. But they do a great job here with this, how it looks like he launches off the back of that bike as if he was going much faster than he is i also think it's the actor who has that happen to him and then he clutches his leg and clutch well he clutches his chest yeah so it, it hit him across it the chest definitely hurt him if he was going fast enough yes. and i don't think he is never mind the fact that julian is at the party and then has to sneak out sneak all the way across into the secret area Put the wire across and hotwire the tank. How does Julian know how to hotwire a tank? They teach you that in law school. Oh, they okay. They have a class on hotwiring tanks. I didn't know that. Yes. Uh, is that like a is that like an, an extra class or yeah. is that a core class or? I, I guess. Wow. Maybe. Finn flies off his bike and clutches his chest and says, "His leg, my leg," and then gets run over by a very slow moving tank. The loudest, dirtiest, slow-moving tank ever. You know what? If you can drive a golf cart, you can drive a tank. No. (laughs) That's what Cam says. I did a search for interior of World War II tank. Mm. Is it complicated? It's very complicated. Not only... So I, I can only assume that Julian set this up in advance. Yep. Right? So he went over there before the party, put the wire up, fueled up the tank. Which would have run on diesel. Why is the army leaving tanks? Operational tanks. (laughs) Yes. Tanks that will work if you just hotwire them. Oh, it's World War II. What? (laughs) They just left it. Just left it. Because, you know, the armies want to do that. And and all the ammo chests just left them. Walked away from them. Yes. He must have fueled it up. And probably fired it up to make sure it would work. It's so loud. And it's like across the street from... The two keys. It feels like it's pretty nearby. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, they're partying so hard that nobody else notices. Yep. 
and he runs over Finn. Yes. Which would be a bad way to die. So when I was growing up... You got run over by a tank? No. Oh, okay. But there was an individual in our summer community who had lost his leg to a tank running him over. Mm. And I had nightmares about that as a kid because, like, my parents were told me about it. Yeah. It's it's a, a vivid image. Yeah. Finn gets run over feet first. Yeah. And then Julian just puts it in park when he gets onto kind of his lower abdomen. I think just stops I think, it. I think it's meant to imply that he goes over him. And backs up. No, and over him enough that only his legs are under him now. Mm-hmm. But he would be a lot worse off if that happened. I think he would be squeezed like a toothpaste too. Yeah, his... I his, hate to say his head, <laughs> head might be squished like a melon. Uh, he doesn't. Oh, there's a great sound effect there. Did you hear that? Yes. Sound? It's oh, speaking of sound effects, what is that animal at the beginning of the episode? Oh, I don't know. It's not the typical peacock or fox. No, it is it's a, a weird... bird or a frog. Yeah. It's making like a Doppler sound. Yeah. I don't know how else to describe it's, it. It's a weird sound. Do you think you can put a clip of it in here? I can put a clip of it right here. What the hell is that? I don't know. Well, hopefully somebody will tell us what they think Please it is. Please do. So he gets found the next day. Oh, poor, his girlfriend finds him. Okay, well, first of all, I declare it open with my little dog, too. I'm glad he brought his dog to this abandoned... As soon as you see that dog and you realize that he's a Jack Russell, you know he's Patty. You know he's Patty. They don't say his name until very late, but you know. You know he's Patty then. Uh, My comment about this is, this is not a safe area. People should not be wandering around here. (laughs) Especially in heels. I People have been in and out of that place for a long time, obviously. Yes. The set dressing is interesting. There's, my note just says, shove raffia in it. <laughs> because that's basically how they make anything look old, yeah. is they just shove some straw in it. Yeah. Or raffia or jute or like grapevine. So, yep, yeah, something like I've got that. a great shot of a overhead shot of the village you'll have to put in the show notes. Just look at the phone booth. Yeah. It's a perfectly painted, you know, perfect phone booth, except it's got some raffia shoved in it. Yep. Oh, so it's overgrown. Okay, I get it. So Fred is in the pub trying to find the deeds. Yes. And there's Because he wants to prove that he owned the original pub and not the Craven family, so that yeah. when the village reverts, that should revert to him. Yes. And we hear the screams and his... Poor Karina finds Poor Karina Finn. finds Finn. Oof. That's I felt bad for her. tough. Yeah. I she does a good job. The actress does a really good job. Her name is Catherine Stedman. I I don't know how I would react if I found you under a tank. Oh. They'd have to put me in an I love myself jacket for a while, I think. <laughs> it would be bad. <laughs> Straight jacket. That's what that is if you didn't know. Because it yeah, I would I would be inconsolable. It would be just horrific. So then we cut back to the Barnabys who are just sitting around waiting for winter to show up. That's what they do. I guess. I think it's kind of part of the, not hazing, but if you're my sergeant, you have to come pick me up and drive me around. It's just part of the privilege of being the DC or DCI is that the sergeant does that. Did you notice Barnaby kisses Betty, the toy, but not his wife? (laughs) (laughs) He kisses the toy several times and then makes a funny face. It was a good face. Yes. Like, I dare you to say something about it and you're not going to. No. We find out that Finn was married. Yeah. In Glasgow. Got a woman pregnant and then left shortly after the baby was born. Finn is not a good dude. Yeah, I think. And he was embezzling from the charity that they worked for. Yep. So this is like painting him with a bad brush in two strokes. He abandoned a woman and a baby. Yes. And he embezzled money from a charity. Yes. So clearly not a good dude. Not a good dude. Why Karina, who seems like a very good person, would fall for him and not see that in him, I don't know. But anyway. She has no idea. She does some good acting there, too. Then, random snakes. We just see shots of snakes. By the way, there's snakes. Snakes? It's so weird. They come out of nowhere. And... We don't know why. We don't know why. Just, meanwhile, snakes. Then we find out that you can hotwire a tank and it's driving the same as a golf cart. (laughs) 
And then we find out that Andrea's friend's father. And then I'm like, are they not kind of related? <laughs> <laughs> they're step siblings. Yeah. No, they're step cousins. Step cousins. Because if 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 he was Milo and Andrea's son, they would be first cousins. But since Milo is not his dad, Andrea is her step aunt. Yes. I guess. No, that would be her stepmother's sister. I don't know. They're not blood related. No. Let's just go with that. But they're damn close. I, uh, through marriage. Yeah. They're related through marriage. Yes. And Josh tells, gives up uh, Finn's family. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Finn was a bad dude who got squeezed like a toothpaste tube yes. by a tank. Driven by Julian. Whose mother runs a shop in a museum. Yeah. You kind of wonder what she does too. I don't know what she sells in there, but she says later it's a shop. I thought it was just a museum. But she has a newspaper clipping in a frame on the wall that is from the Midsummer Mercury that talks about Little Auburn being requisitioned by the military. Yes. Did you take a close look at it? No. I've got a shot of it. I, we can put in the show notes. I'll put it in the show notes. The date is the most important thing on it. Okay. There's a, Well, there's about five misspellings. Oh. On it. Nice. I'll tell you that. But the date is June 6th, 1946. And the headline is about... People having to move out of the village and they're they're sacrificing, you know, for the for the war effort. Yes. And they've been given like 30 days to move out. But this is 46. Mm-hmm. Which is after the war. Mm-hmm. Wow. The victory parades in London started on the 8th of June, and this is from the 6th of June. Wow. Why is the military requisitioning this village? I don't know. When the war has already been declared won. So let me tell you about Imber. The sad story of Imber. Which is a real village that yep. was requisitioned by the government, right? Yep. Uh, they took over the village of Imber in the Second World War. That's I-M-B-E-R? I-M-B-E-R. And unfortunately, they had the worst friendly fire incident on British soil. There. Oh, they took it over for training purposes, right? Yes. Okay. And for D-Day, is that what they were doing with practicing for D-Day? One of the Royal Air Force fighter aircraft partaking in a firepower demonstration accidentally opened fire on the crowd of spectators. <gasps> oh, it wasn't even other military personnel. It was just civilians. Killing 25. Oh, my gosh. And wounding 71. When was that? 1942. Like, talk about how Ooh. how disheartening that must That'd have been. That would hurt morale, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's horrible. And then... And I feel for the person in the plane who yeah. did that, like, by yep. ac accident, obviously. Pilot error and bad weather were blamed. Oh, that's horrible. And then there's the Stanford training area, which is what I thought was interesting because it is 30,000 acres, which the the government just said, uh, we're taking this, which included four different villages. Wow. They just took them. There's only a certain amount of space yeah. on an island. Yeah. And you got to prepare to invade France. Yeah. You got to practice. You got to practice. And you know what? If it means that more of the boys came home, yeah. you move out of your village. Absolutely. The The one I read about was um, the village of Tynum, which is on the Dorset coast that was requis requisitioned by the government in 1943. And it was actually owned by one family called the Bond family. Okay. So it's very similar to this situation. Yeah. And then I learned that the National Archives of the UK have this awesome site okay. called Help With Your Research, mm -hmm. which has um, uh, research guides, including one that is land requisitioned during the war for World War One and Two. So you can go on there and you can see maps of what was requisitioned. You can see the agreements that the military, the oh, government made with individuals. You can see the names of the people who signed off to, oh, to and what they were paid oh, for their, all their cottages. Record. And yeah, it's, it's amazing. No, we'll put that in the show notes for sure. If you are at all interested in the history of World War One and Two in, in the UK, it is fascinating. Yeah. I had to really fight going down that rabbit hole because I could have looked at it all day long. It's so cool. That. Can we agree that Lucy has bad taste? Okay. She has horrific taste. Her phone case just is the beginning of it. But I have to applaud the set dressers. Okay. Because they took a living room that was a standard, normal, middle-class living room. Yeah. 
brought in a crate of lion pillows, pink, that fuzzy, picture behind the sequined stuff, scattered it around and made it insta-tacky. It is insta-tacky. Her coffee table bothers me. Yeah. It's like clear plastic, but it has these big like wells in it. Yes. If you set your drink on it, it's going to fall over instantly. It's in- just stupid. Yeah. It's a stupid table. But I think it's supposed to give us the impression they're so wealthy that they can make bad choices. They're allowed to buy tack. They're useless characters, but they're not as useless as Dottie. <laughs> <laughs> Dottie the traitor child? Yes. She's the most... I, I, I have a point where I'm like, who is that? Oh, that's Dottie. <laughs> who is, is she, she again? again? Oh, yeah. She's Josh's sister. Yes. She's Milo and Andrea's daughter. But she's rooting for Lucy and Blake. Yes. She's a traitor, for sure. She should be rooting for her brother's plan. Yes. For Finn's plan. Her half-brother. At best. At best. The impression I get is that she wants to be associated with a wealthy, successful project. And so she wants to be involved in these luxury condos. But like Blake, Lucy's husband, Blake is the second stupidest human being on this episode. Yeah. Because you would know instantly that she is just bad news if up and down. If they've done any business together before, which they clearly have, he knows exactly how she operates. She's a schemer. Yep. She's a manipulator. And that's how she's successful. If he knows her at all, he knows that's what she does. He shouldn't be surprised at all. Why does Finn call her? I don't know. It's I don't know how Julian knows Finn is going to be in the village the night that he gets killed. Because they're living there. But why is he going back there alone? How does Julian know he's going to go back there alone unless they've arranged to meet? Because Finn was blackmailing Julian, right? And why does he disrupt all their stuff? Because my first thought is... Yeah, why, why does... He, I mean, he's looking for some kind of information that Finn had that proved bad things about Julian. But that was just information in his head. Maybe he had got some squished. paperwork. I don't know. But Finn stashed his most secret things under a board on a stairway. So well, he's not whole, very smart. I was like, I know this is an abandoned property, but that's not a very good flop. Mm-mm. You should be less messy with your stuff. I was happy they said that it had been ransacked. Yeah. Because if that's how they were living. At first I was like, That's no. how they're living? No. 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 Sylvia catches Fred in Rod's house. Yes. Right? He's ransacked. He's he's digging around because he's looking for the deed. Yes. And this is before, I think it's before Rod dies. No, it's after Roderick dies. Okay. Lucy is trying to manipulate Susan. Yes. Who's an MP. Yes. Who she thinks can help her get her plan through. And poor Susan's like, my mother-in-law's mean. My husband is nutsy. I'm an MP. And you want me to do what? <laughs> you know, I feel bad for her. <laughs> because she falls for Lucy's crap too. <sighs> Lucy and just, Julian deserve each other. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Then Roderick gets lured into the old village, knocked into a hole, and poisoned, and posed in the weirdest way. Yeah, I love how it gets going here. They should have just left him in the hole. Yeah. Why'd they pose him on the wall like that, sitting on a bunch of ammunition boxes? Well, he blows the dog whistle. Where does he get the dog whistle? How does he know he's going to get the dog whistle? How do you know the dog's going to react when you get the dog whistle? I would assume that Roderick and Patty are out and about all the time. It's trying to be midsummery and not succeeding. It's giving Julian way too much credit is what it's doing. Well, and then he puts cyanide in his flask. What? Wait, what? It's not his flask. How does he get cyanide? I don't know. Maybe he found it in the abandoned village. And then he must pour it down Roderick's mouth when he's unconscious. He knocks him on the head after he... Puts him in the hole. Did you notice that when they talked about the latest newsletter from the Historical Society, Dr. Grenville's mentioned. Yeah, we've seen her before. We've seen her before. That's who she's Sarah Barnaby's favorite historian. Yes. Meanwhile, everybody's in the pub waiting for Roderick to come and give his verdict on which project. He's not coming. He's not coming. (laughs) I can only imagine that Roderick liked being the center of attention. That's why he set it up this way. You guys give me presentations and then you have to wait a few days and then I'll come to the pub 
where I've assembled you all and tell you which it, project I like chose. It's like an Agatha Christie reveal. It's, <laughs> it's like he wants to create tension between people. He, he wants there to be conflict between these three parties who are pitching projects. Yeah. Which of the three do you think he would have chosen? I think he would have chosen the luxury estates. Why? Because he's a fancy man. And they were going to offer him the most money? I think so. And I don't doubt that Lucy either was sleeping with him or blackmailing him. <laughs> I think we're supposed to think Roderick is above that kind of manipulation, that he wouldn't have fallen for that. I think Barnaby's right when he says he would have chosen the eco-lodges if he wanted to make his daughter happy. He would yes. have chosen the luxury condos if he wanted to make money. And if he wanted a simple life, he would have chosen the historic site. Yeah, that's... A I think that's accurate. That's completely accurate. Though I think they could have combined the eco stuff with the historic site. They could have. Because you can only recreate so much of a village. But Sylvia is too fancy for anyone. <laughs> Except for Fred. Yeah. Well, who she says tells to get away from the front of her store so because he, he's bringing down the place. Yeah, it's a little projection there. Mm-hmm. I love when she has that conflict with, with Julian in the front of her store. He's like, I'm really sorry to be disappointment. And she says, my whole life has been a disappointment. I'm like, What? And then Julian's like, leave mommy alone. Yeah. What? You're a grown ass man. Do you think he talks about his mommy when he's in court? Oh, stop. It bothers you, doesn't it? Yes, it does. <laughs> then Josh collapses. Oh, yeah. Dad and I are breeding snakes. Whoops. You're, you're, you're what? What? <laughs> in an abandoned building in the village, we have a generator where we're raising snakes because you can sell them for a lot of money. Yes. I think it takes a lot of skill to raise snakes, especially to breed snakes. I don't think that's easy to do. Yeah. Well, I have some stories about that. Oh, about breeding snakes? Because I accidentally saw one being born the other day on oh, Reddit, and I really wish I hadn't. That's upsetting. I didn't scroll fast enough. No, no. I, I did some research into snakes killing their owners. Oh. Yes. Oh. Okay, what did you find? This Loc is this is your week for bad Google searches, by the way. I found local stuff. Oh, no. The most recent story I found was from 2019, uh -huh. 1st of November. This is from the Indianapolis Star. Oh, boy. That is close by. The headline is, What we know about the Indiana woman's death from python strangulation. So she owned a python and it killed her? She had an eight-foot reticulated python in her house. Mm-hmm. Uh, this house was in Battleground, Indiana. It's mm -hmm. about five miles north of Lafayette, so mm -hmm. about two hours away from us. Okay. She Her house was completely renovated for keeping snakes. She had 30 snakes ah, in the house. That's a nightmare. Yes. Oh, no, 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 no. It has a note here that says there's no laws under Indiana State Police jurisdiction affecting a house with so many snakes. You're allowed to have as many snakes as you want. Yep. Huh? You're allowed to have as many snakes as you as want. As long as you're taking care of them, I guess. It's yep. Animal welfare is not going to come down on there you. There were no venomous snakes and there are no uh, there are permits required for venomous and endangered snakes but constrictors there's no you can have all the constrictors you want yes those great big snakes yep awesome uh and there's a note about other people that have been killed by pythons including a gentleman in britain that was killed by his eight foot african royal python in 2017 so i looked him up and his name was daniel brandon and he was killed by his pet python tiny <laughs> He died in of asphyxiation in 2018 near Basingstoke. How does that happen? Uh, one of his pets, a female African rock python named Tiny, was found near his body. He also had 10 snakes and 12 tarantulas ah! in his house. Oh! oh. <laughs> <laughs> This is upstairs in his room. He lived with his mother. Of course he did. He had all those things in his room, in she, one room. She told the court on the night of her son's death that she heard a bang coming from his room, but assumed a dumbbell, dumbbell had fell or he had knocked something over. Uh, so he's an adult man. 
with all those animals in his room, and he lifts weights in there too. Yep. Uh, okay, I know exactly what kind of person he is. So this he's was got a, an internet girlfriend too. Who doesn't rock exist. Python uh, of Africa. Uh huh. Okay, but this was tiny. They can reach seven meters. That's twenty-one feet. Twenty-one feet. That's a school bus. And then at the end of the India Star article, they just drop this in. Okay. Mm -hmm. In 2018, a python named Vine escaped in Beach Grove, launching an extensive search, which led to the snake being found under a shed. Now, I have to tell you, dear listeners, this is where Sarah went to high school. (laughs) I distinctly remember a python getting loose uh, near where I lived as a kid, and they found it in a basement window well. Yeah. Because it was warm. Yep. It was wintertime, and it got out, and they found it in that window well where the dryer vent came out. And it was all coiled up in there, staying warm with the dryer vent. Wow. That's just, you know what? Okay, so these snakes, I know they can't talk, right? Yeah. But they're like hanging out in their tanks and they're looking at each other going, whichever of us gets out, you're going to take him out, right? Because this guy's an asshole. We live with an asshole. Tiny, tiny, get him. He's sleeping. Yeah. She just curls up and he's like, oh, hi, yeah. tiny. And then. Tighter. Next thing you tighter. know. Tighter. Mm. So this leads to the third death. Milo. Yes. Hugh Dennis is a champ. Okay. So here's a couple of things that happen. The the boys go to find Milo. Mm -hmm. And they know that something's up on Little In Little Auburn. Because they know that's where he was going. So they, they go and find a relatively modern looking building inside. Mm hmm. Right. I guess it was military. Yeah. That's my only assumption. And a generator running. And Because gen- I was like, there's no power here. <laughs> and then winter yeah. is awesome. So we, they do a really good thing here where Barnaby says, go. Mm-hmm. Right? Save yourself. Save yourself. <laughs> and it looks like winter is taking off. <laughs> but you know better than that. He goes and gets a big piece of burlap and a pole. Yes. And he traps the snake. He traps the snake. He does what he Go, needs. Winter, go. Yep. Winter absolutely is great. And they find a room full of snakes. This is after we get the classic Milo line of, what are you doing here? Yes. Which means he's going to die. He may as well have just said, oh, it's you. Yes. <laughs> what are you doing here? Die. Milo and his son are raising these snakes. Mm-hmm. And they're doing it in secret. Yes. But like, you got to advertise and sell them. (laughs) Okay. Second of all. Maybe they're the contact for the undercover people that Nelson went to work for. The undercover snake dealers. Well, we had the undercover uh, bird egg guy. Right. right? Yeah. And the the orchids. Yes. And the orchids. Yeah. Black markets all all over the place. So so there's that. There is a, a snake that has its eyes on Barnaby, mm-hmm. right? And it is definitely a big enough stake. They do a really good job of making this whole park creepy. Mm-hmm. Like It's an underground hallway. It's dark. Yeah. The light is red because they're heat lamps. Yep. It's a big snake. It's just being curious about him. Yep. It's not opening its mouth or anything. No. But that would still be upsetting. Uh, Yeah. Again, Sarah-shaped hole in the door (laughs) behind him. I would be out of there. But you don't know how long it's been since these people got, these snakes got fed. Right. Or anything. You don't know if they're poisonous or not at this point. Right. Like you can tell a constrictor from a poisonous snake. Can constrictors be poisonous? No. Can they also bite you? They can bite you, but they can't. They're, they don't have venom. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. So they they can take a chunk out of you. Yeah. Like they have teeth. They can hurt you. They can hurt you. Yeah. And yeah, it's great that they give you just that moment to think, oh, Winters is taking off. Yeah. But he's not. No. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. And all I can think about is there's no flashback, right? So we don't get to see Julian committing these crimes. 
Because apparently they just don't do flashbacks nope. anymore. But I can just see Julian Mama's boy down there letting snakes out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and you'd if they have eaten, they would have no interest in strangling Milo. No. None. That, they wouldn't even get out of their tanks it's necessarily. It's part of their, well, okay. They're sedentary I'm if they're I'm a snake full. and I'm full? Yeah. I'm under this heat lamp. Why would I go anywhere? floor to go hug yeah. Milo. Death hug Milo. So it's almost like he would have had to lift two of them out and put them around his neck and encourage them to strangle like, him. bother them. Like, get How him. do you do that? And how does Julian do it? And did Mommy! Milo's mom think Mommy! it was a dumbbell? <laughs> <laughs> Julian. <laughs> but Hugh Dennis just sits there slumped over with these big snakes on him. He is a trooper. <laughs> he is great. A super trooper. And but they're they're just red herrings. The snakes are red herrings. They're yep. not they're not key to the plot. No. The fact that Finn was a jerk is not well, I mean, he's blackmailing Julian, but even we even learned that Blake was in the military and was in charge of a unit that was stationed at Little Auburn, and that's not even important. We have to have motives for other people. The problem I have with okay, you have Sylvia, Fred, Julian, and Milo are all known actors. Mm -hmm. There's so much potential in this episode. Yeah. And it just never goes anywhere. Did I miss a line earlier in the episode where Julian is saying to Sylvia, like, who's my dad? Why Why did you never no. tell me who my dad is? No. I, I didn't think so. Not so the I, fact that he's obsessed with finding out who his dad is, it comes out of nowhere. It comes out of nowhere, and there's no real inciting incident for him to kill uh, Finn, except for Finn's blackmailing him. Mm -hmm. Right. But we never see him. Like, he goes from, I'm a mama's boy, to I'm insanely angry <laughs> really quickly. Well, he is sleeping with Lucy. Yes. Maybe that made him snap. <laughs> so he's altered Roderick's will. Yes. I don't know what his will originally said. Yeah. So he's altered the will. He's killed Flynn for blackmailing him. Then he's killed Roderick and Milo because he's altered the will to say that it goes to the next living sibling. And he thinks that he's their half brother. Yeah. So it should go to him. And. But he's not. He's not. And so that's a miscalculation on his part. I would have at least got the DNA results back first before I started killing people. With, I mean, be sure, yes. you know, with the Benny Hill music, Ben Blake <laughs> finds out. Yakety sax. <laughs> that Lucy's been screwing him around. Duh. <laughs> with how many people, you know? And then Susan finds out that she's screwing the killer. Duh. Duh. Yeah. And then something I never thought I'd ever put in my notes, lesbian girl fight. <laughs> not for a midsummer it's pretty rare for a midsummer it's pretty rare for a midsummer to have a lesbian girl fight when blake is waving the gun around at julian and wants to shoot him winter is again super brave super brave probably inadvisably brave really risky brave i have a note that says dance killer mommy man dance <laughs> But what he does to Blake's arm hurt to watch. Yeah. Like his shoulder looks like it's being ripped out of socket. And the gun ends up on the ground. Nelson cuffs Blake, shoves him in the car. And then Barnaby just like walks past the gun. I'm like, pick up the gun. Yeah. Secure the weapon. Okay. Let's go back a little bit. What is Blake's plan here? Because a bunch of people show up all at the same time in Little Auburn. Is he going to kill them all? Before he knows that Sylvia and Fred are there, I think he's thinking, I can kill Julian and it's just going to be one more murder. Yeah. I'll get away with it. But living with Lucy has made him snap. He's lost All his I mind. All I wanted her to do was love me. Dude, have you met her? I've never asked her for anything except to love me. Only me. Okay, she broke that one a long time ago. <laughs> and I love how Julian's like, guess it's all solved now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, well, you got Blake. See ya. Come on, mommy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, you want to talk to me? What? Huh? <laughs> yeah. Come on, mommy. <laughs> I feel genuinely bad for both well, Sylvia he, and Fred. He goes 30 miles to use another 
ATM to pay off Finn. I'm like 30 miles. He goes 30 miles all the way to Oxford, Mark. All the way. He'll 30 know, miles. Where there's way more CCTV, by the way. I have easily 14 exclamation marks <laughs> after. <laughs> and I love how they have all the evidence right there all of a sudden. I don't like that. Yeah. It breaks the rules. Yep. We see Barnaby look at evidence and we don't get to find out what it is. And I don't like that. Yeah. Don't like that we're not in on it. We should have every chance to figure it out just like he does. It makes me mad. Yeah. Listen, Midsummer writers, you need to follow the rules. Yes. They used to. Mother. <laughs> it just, it really gets to you, doesn't it? Yeah. Julian's great here, though. Yeah. He's a good actor. Yeah. He he's is. a really good actor. He absolutely That's is. Anthony Calf. He's been in so many things. Yes, including other Midsummers. Yes. So Julian is Fred's son. Yeah. And then the Barnabys get Patty. The end. The end. So that's where Patty comes from. Yes. He is a murdered man's dog. Yes. A dog so reprehensible that the murdered man's daughter doesn't want it. Who's the murdered man's daughter again? Karina. Oh, not we, Dottie. No. <laughs> Dottie, Dottie likes Patty. At least she pretends to, to suck up to Roderick. They, she, she sits on the couch with him and Patty's between them. And she just pets Patty like, oh, you're such a good boy. Yeah. But then when she leaves and Karina sits across from Roderick, Patty tries to give her some attention. And she's like, go away. Yeah. Which is intentional so that we know later she didn't want the dog. No, but Betty likes the dog. Of course. So now they have Patty. Can you hold him for a few days? I mean, like forever. <laughs> it's a perfect fit. It just yes. makes sense. Yes. They don't have to deal with a puppy like we do. Best corpse. <laughs> nice corpse. Uh, Milo, duh. It has to be Milo. I mean, Finn's good. Don't get Finn me wrong. Finn is good. But Milo, I got respect. I did learn a couple Living of... animals on him. So, so Hugh Dennis... Do you know where he got his start? Mm -mm. He was in Spitting Image. He did like five dozen voices for Spitting Image. Those were the really ugly puppets, The right? really ugly puppets. Like the Reagan puppet yep. and, okay. Yeah, he did the voices for a whole bunch of I can them. I can believe that. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a comedy guy. Yeah, he is. So, and then another thing I wanted to bring up in terms of actors was Sally Phillips is in, we, we don't have a bad movie this week. But Sally Phillips is in this movie that is so bad we should see it. Okay. Because first of all, it has a number of different names when you look at she it. She plays Lucy in this episode. Yes. A number of different names. That tells you something. Uh -huh. Right. It's a movie called The Risen or sometimes it's called The Facility. Okay. Let me, let me read to you the synopsis of this movie from IMDb. What year is this? Uh, I think it's 2001. So she can't blame it on being young and hungry and not getting roles. She was successful already. It's listed as The Risen. R-I-Z-E-N. Oh, okay. 2017. It, it's, it's a recent movie. Yep. <laughs> oh, Sally. Yep. So the synopsis on IMDb is this. The year is 1955. NATO and the Allied forces have conducted secret occult experiments in a bid to win... And the arms race. Now they have full, finally succeeded, but what the army has unleashed threatens to tear our world apart. One woman must lead the only survivors past the horrors of the military has no way to control to fight to close what should have never been opened. Is she that woman? No. Okay. Okay. She plays a woman who is entitled... <laughs> She is the suited woman. Oh, so she's in. So she has this book that had the trailer is bonkers. I'll put the trailer in the show notes. This book that has all the secrets and she presents it to these people. It, it's a very weird movie. Is it like, have they opened like a portal to hell or something? Sort of. There's zombies and I think maybe vampires too. Both? Yeah. Vampire zombies? <laughs> yep. Military vampire zombies? Yep. Are they good guys or bad guys? I don't know. Tom Goodman Hall is in this movie. Okay. Too. You know who he is? No. Yeah, he's the the ginger who had the frogs. Oh, okay. In the midsummer. Yes, okay. he's number 37 in oh. the movie. <laughs> okay. This movie is 
Like how, how many stars does it have? Or what's its rating? On IMDb, it has a 3.4 out of 10 That star. qualifies as a bad movie. Yep. My, my, it has to be below a 5 for me yep. to call it a bad movie, a horrible movie. Yeah, it is just horrendous. Wow. Sorry, Sally. I hope you got paid well. Yeah. I hope it was fun anyway. I hope so too. So then I ran across a weird situation mm -hmm. with this show. Okay. So what we call a morse is when a character has been, a, a, an, an actor. actor has been on Morse, mm -hmm. Endeavor. And Lewis. And Lewis. Right. Right. And there's the very trifecta. few of these. There's very few of these. Roger Allen is one of these people. Okay. Right. He's been in Morse. He, he's, he was in A Midsummer. He's the one who buried the shepherd's pie in his backyard. Yes. Okay. Yes. We know him. Yeah. He's Thursday, Fred Thursday in, in Endeavor, Endeavor. And he's been on a... A Lewis, a Lewis and a Morse. Lewis and a Morse. Okay. Like this is a span of television yep. from like 93 to present day. Yeah. Right? Okay. There, There's no one in this show. In Midsummer, this episode of this Midsummer. This episode. Who, who is of, the Morse trifecta. Who is the Morse trifecta, but two characters added together. Two actors together make a trifecta? Trifecta. Okay. Who do you think those two actors are? Um, I think the actress who plays Sylvia... Caroline Blakiston and okay. I think Anthony Caff, who played Ju who plays Julian. I think it's mother and son. Okay. That's who I'm guessing. Okay, you're incorrect. Okay. Okay. First of all, two thirds of the trifecta of Endeavor and Lewis are Edwin Thomas, who plays Finn. Oh, okay. He's hardly even in this Midsummer. He's hardly even in this Midsummer. All right. So he's in two of the three, and who's the other one? The other one is Sita Indriani. She plays Susan yes. in this episode. She's in a morse. Whoa, she must be a child. No. How old do you think she is? In this midsummer, I think she's late 40s. No, she is six years older than I am. Whoa. She's in her 50s in this. Wow. So she was in her 20s when she was in the Morse? Yes. Wow. She's aged really well. She's beautiful. Yes. In in Morse, she plays... It's, it's, it's a pretty early... Well, Edwin Thomas, who plays Finn in this, must have been a child when he was in Lewis. Yeah. Because he's young. She plays a laboratory assistant in Morse. <laughs> okay? It's not a leading part or anything. <laughs> but she is she is six years older than I am. She's, she does not look it. No, not at all. She she looks amazing. You ready to talk about after the credits? Yeah. So after the credits is difficult because I'm like, who owns the village now? Karina. Karina owns the village. She has to. And so I assume she's going to do the Echo Village. Yeah. Like. Unless she really finds out everything about Finn now. And decides she doesn't want to be part of any of that. Yeah. In which case, she might just say, Sylvia, put up your museum and let's be done with it. Yeah, or sells the whole thing. She's not going to sell it to Sally and Blake. Okay. Well, Blake's going to go to jail. Lucy and Blake? Blake's going to jail. Yeah. Not for a long time, but for a little while. Lucy, not prison, You can probably, see but. her, like, scanning, going, who, who Who's next? Who's next? Yeah. That's the kind of person she She's going to start flirting with Karina. I don't know why she doesn't <laughs> live in the big city. Yeah. <laughs> Andrea has a life of suckitude now. Her son and her husband are dead. Her son, her husband, and her brother-in-law are all dead. Yeah. They're all dead. And she has a traitor for a daughter. She's got a lot of snakes, though. And her son is kind of an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Who's lucky not to be dead. <laughs> her relationship with Dottie has to change. Are Sylvia and Fred going to get along now? Are the I old people so. going to spend time together? I, I think they so. will. I think Sylvia will soften up. And, and Fred's so. a good guy. So Fred's I think they'll guy. be okay. Susan. She's she, not going to get reelected. No. She's not an MP for nope. very long. No. Uh, and then she's probably just going to distance We'd like to herself. ask you some questions about your ex-husband. Mm-hmm. She's just going to get out of there. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully she finds a nice woman somewhere else. <laughs> Something to make her happy. Josh and is going to be like, whoa, maybe I should get a hug by a snake. <laughs> <laughs> and when Blake gets out of jail, he's going to run as far from Lucy as he can. Yeah. Uh, my sense is that he's the one of the two of them that actually has the money. 
Yeah, I think so. So if he doesn't spend it all on legal fees, he's going to spend it all on a divorce. Yep. Getting away from her. Absolutely. The end. Wow. Absolutely. It's another attempt to be a bonkers episode that doesn't quite get bonkery. It has all the ingredients. It's got snakes. But they're not combined in the most bonkery way possible. No. But it's close. Yeah, they try. I don't dislike this episode. No. It's got snakes. does. It's crazy. Up next is episode two, Crime and Punishment. It's one of these, uh, there was a crime in the past, a drunk driver, and Mm. now we're trying to figure out who did it. Okay. There's, it's about. It's a cold case come back to life. Cold case thing, madoodle. Coolio. Then we have Last Man Out, Mm -hmm. which is episode three of season 19, which is a cricket cricket episode. Mm -hmm. And then we get back to real bonkers town, which is Red (laughs) and Tooth and Claw. Oh, yes. The werewolf. (laughs) No, 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 no. Oh, no. It's the rabbit episode. The rabbits. Yes. Yes. The rabbits. This is a, I think. I always think that that's the werewolf episode, but it's the rabbits. Lisa wrote it. Yes. (laughs) Yep. It's the rabbit episode. Rabbit rabbits. Yep. Okay. You can uh, find Midsummer Maniacs on Twitter, Instagram, and email. Also, the Midsummer subreddit. The Midsummer subreddit, which has been active with all sorts of weird and wonderful questions as of late. Bum bandits. Versus ass bandits. (laughs) It's quite the debate going on there. Yep. On YouTube, if you like and subscribe us, hit the bell if you're listening on YouTube. And we will be back next week, Maniacs. Yeah. Okay. Bye, Maniacs. Bye, Maniacs. Don't even mention that we have a spider problem because that ain't going to happen because there'd be a Sarah-shaped hole in the wall (laughs) and I'd be living somewhere else. That house, no, it's Little Auburn to me. I'm never going back there. It's abandoned. You can have it. Ten snakes and how many? many? No, don't even talk about them. I have ten snakes and a bunch of other things in my room (laughs) that I live in at my mom's house. How did this man date? He didn't. (laughs) Yes.